Welcome to the 40th meeting of Junto Club. On this episode, we learn why people need to start focusing on envy instead of greed, and we discuss a hot topic of the day, inflation. For any questions, comments, or if you'd like to rant on something important to you, email juntoclubpodcast at gmail.com. This is Junto Club. Club. Welcome to the 40th episode of the Junto Club. So this is a podcast inspired by Benjamin Franklin, uh, where he made a Junto Club several hundred years ago, where he and his friends would talk about business, politics, philosophy, the science of the day, try to learn about the world, improve themselves. So we're trying to do something similar, you know, discuss at least semi-important issues, uh, you know, read a little bit, one person will read about them and kind of bring what they learned into the group. We chat about it. Uh, yeah, so that's what we're doing. Today is March 27th, the 40th episode, and we'll be talking about inflation because it's a hot topic lately. I mean, it's been a little bit of a hot topic for a while now, but it's uh, continuing to be an item of concern. Uh, but before that, we always start with a quote, often from Benjamin Franklin, but we're starting to branch out more. Mm-hmm. And that's what Shu starts us off with. Yeah. Take it away, Shu. All right. Today's quote on Charlie Munger, as I mentioned before, is to me, he's the modern day Benjamin Franklin. So, and he's 98 and still kicking, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, today's quote from him is, uh, quote, the world is not driven by greed. It's driven by envy, end quote, by Charlie Munger. I think he also, I think this quote is from recent meeting that uh, he gave actually like maybe just a couple months ago, actually. So I find it interesting and timely. So I think there's like, I mean, I feel like there's some truth to it because you can have situations where like in an economy or like a, a country like the average standard of living goes up, but wealth inequality also increases. So even though people are doing better off, they're like less happy because they see other people like getting, you know, even more. And you could argue that's like some element of envy, right? It's like, well, you know, I'm only 10% better off, but these rich people are getting way better off, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and then they feel like the economy is worse for them. Even when like, if you look at like the objective, like how much like wealth they have, it's gone up. Yeah. But I, so like, it's a big component, but I don't know if I'd say it's bigger than greed because, well, you know, rich people who aren't envious of many others are still happy to make themselves much richer. So I feel like greed's just a strong will force. Yeah, but, but they probably don't need to work as hard as like other people that, the people that are not as, uh, as rich as them, right? So those people might work harder and then driven, drive the world forward i don't know <laughs> well, well i guess that's but i guess i was looking at it from the perspective of the rich people like so i guess is it is it more of a question of like the rich people like you know they're not trying to inflate their wealth you know because they feel they need more wealth or to like hoard wealth but because they want to have a higher number than like their peers in like the you know the top so 10. just so even if you're, you're saying like, even if you're rich, like, unless you're like literally number one, they might be envious at their 
their billionaire friends have more mega yachts. So it's well, not even necessarily, not, not necessarily just more, just like the numbers higher or something. I don't uh, know. Like, I guess at, at that point, it's like, it's more of a like envy that I'm not number one on the list versus like, mm-hmm. you know, versus like actually wanting to hoard wealth. So like, yeah, so I guess that may be like the differentiating thing. It's like, I don't need to like hoard resources. It's, I just want to be ahead of you in the race of life in the game of life. So yeah. Actually, that, made, that remind me of agree. I think only kind of apply to money. You know, we make you think about money, but I think envy can apply to every other things, right? Like status, power. Mm-hmm. That's why I think what politicians are motivated motivated by, right? It's like the the power and then the status, right? Well, I think you could. So greed's definitely usually used for money, but I think you could make a similar argument where like greed and greedy power. riff, yeah. yeah, for stuff. So I guess the difference between greed is just wanting way more than you need versus envy being like upset that someone else has more than you right yeah it's yeah. a very loose level i don't know it's yeah. hard for me to imagine the mindset of people who are like super rich so <laughs> i feel like we're all just speculating right so, like, then, what does... so exactly and that's why we are actually that's we that's why we are easy to imagine okay someone's like like uh big getting paid for example like mike is you know, getting paid more than us. So we are envies, right? So we are trying to make more more money in the market, right? In the future, you know, that's why we're harder. So, yeah. And I just right? try I mean, to you, keep you, you envious. That. Like, <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, I'm not trying to act like I'm a saint or like a great person, but I'm, I'm not a very envious person. Like I've never mm-hmm. been like, oh, that person makes more money than me. I'm like upset with them. So that's it's a hard it. mindset for me too. Uh, no, I mean, I guess pick- get I mean, particularly like, I don't know. I guess the only, like areas of life where I feel like I'm envious are like maybe areas where it's like, like I don't, like I, I it's something about me that is like, I feel like it's a shortcoming. Like when I'm at CrossFit, I'm like, oh, I'm envious of that person who can do 90 pull-ups unbroken, you know? <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, but it's like, that's because I want to be able to do 90 pull-ups unbroken and it's hard. Like, uh-huh. yeah. You know, so, um, mm. yeah, so I, I don't know. Going back to Matt, that you mentioned that you are not envious. What do you, why, why do you think, I mean, I guess I'm always curious now, where does that come from? Where did that come from? Like, I don't think it's like, it's not like a mindset. I didn't have like a spiritual enlightenment. I think it's just my brain. Like envy in the sense where I feel ill will to, towards someone for having something that like I want, but I don't have, but they mm-hmm. have. I don't think I've ever felt that emotion. It's mm. just like my brain has never triggered it. Like I said, I'm not trying to act like I'm a better person. Mm. Like I certainly have my own negative emotions, right? Just mm. like anyone else. But this is one where it's it's weird for me. I don't know. But why. is it your brain or is it your upbringing? Like your family? I just wondering, like anything your parents did or anything that people that did that raise you in a way in that such that you don't that way or just, yeah. I don't know. Uh, nothing stands out. I mean, I had a pretty middle-class lifestyle, right? Yeah. So like, I mean, we clearly weren't rich, but like, I never had like any needs that were not met. Mm -hmm. So that I'm sure that doesn't hurt, right? Like if you grow up comfortably, like you're not worried about like, Mm -hmm. you know, how you get food or if you can like, you know, get a game you want or something. Right. So I think just more like just confidence. 
envy is more maybe just like and in the rule of envy is could be you're not confident in yourself right insecurity and stuff mm. so maybe you are because you're confident in yourself comfortable in your own i as you i guess maybe i was wondering like if your parents did anything that uh, to i don't know make you feel that you know you just they i mean instill that kind of confidence in you i guess yeah no, I guess they were they were encouraging loving parents, no okay. complaints. All right, all right. <laughs> I don't know, but that's an interesting theory. If envy is connected to insecurity, well, maybe maybe next time when you talk to your parents, maybe ask them like, do, do they do anything? I guess. Do you feel feel like you're envious at times, Shu? Oh yeah, all the time insecurity. So that's why, as I said, that's why I cut my hair because uh, I was insecure about my own head shape and how I looked mm. without like without hair. So that's why I said, oh, maybe just. Get over it. So does that mean you're envious when you see other people's like head shapes and or hair? You're like, no, oh, no, no, I'm just, env- no, no, I'm just basically in not very confident in my own looks, I guess, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, in myself as well, in other stuff, but it's just a lot of that insecurity stuff. So that I try to, yeah. So, so yeah. that's why I always like, I guess I envious of your being without envious, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> you know, envious of your confidence in a way, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm curious. Well, I mean, we don't need to dwell on this too much more, but I, I guess I'm curious about like, cause I agree, I, like, I agree with you, Shu, like I communicated it poorly, but I, I, I guess I'm wondering about like how, like the self doubt aspect of envy. Like, I feel like people, so you're like, and the, often the way I handle like self doubt or like I'm envious of the person doing the pull-ups it's like I turn it on me and be like, okay, that's because you're inadequate in some way. Yeah. And that will motivate me to work harder. Mm-hmm. There, I think uh, maybe this quote may be more interested in people who are like, like, cause there's sort of two paths, right? When you see someone who has things you don't have or you ha- uh, see thing, uh, someone who can do things you can't do. And the two paths are like, well, that's an, yeah, like inadequacy in me and I'm going to work toward it. Or, fuck that person. Like, mm. you know, like that person has stuff like that I want to have, or, you know, like that person got it unfairly or, you know, whatever. Kind of internalizing or externalizing responsibility. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it seems as though we're describing more like internalizing it. Um, but I yeah. think, you know, the, that maybe it could be more like, there's also the externalizing, you know, and then I don't know which the quote is more referring to. But. Yeah, and that's uh, I mean, uh, Charlie Munger. He was he was pointing out that people are about the first one. I mean, one of them is that people are, people are le- less happy today because they are obsessed with, with what everyone else has, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's envy. Yeah, like because they're less happy, right? They internalize it. And they, oh, they are not inadequate. They are, you know, they are just feel bad about themselves. I guess like insecurity in a way. Mm-hmm. So referring people like me, that's what I'm saying. I say, okay. yeah, I think. Uh, what's the other one? The quotes about like comparison is the oh yeah, comparison is the thief of joy. Basically, that's another one. Mm. So if you keep comparing yourself, even though you know it's a very easy concept, but it's really hard to actually. Uh, I understand it, but it's hard to do. I say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well. Next up, we're going to cover some many topics. And this one I saw a couple weeks ago and it was really funny to me. So basically the story is a guy bought a Pepe Frog meme NFT. 
Mm-hmm. So a meme of like, you know, that green frog that's yeah. become politically controversial mm-hmm. for something like in the order of $500,000 <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, cause that's something people do these days occasionally. And then well, later, the creators of it released like a few dozen identical NFTs. Mm. So this guy is now suing them in, in the U.S. <laughs> courts because he's saying, I believe he said they agreed they wouldn't sell any others. And yeah. he's like, this is lowering the value of my NFT. Mm-hmm. And this is very funny for several reasons. Um, One, what can a U.S. court do over like... <laughs> you know nft right because the whole blockchain it's supposed to be code is law right like if you can do it in code it's legal uh does the u.s court even have jurisdiction it's kind of funny that they just released a bunch of identical ones which points out i mean you know nft is non-fungible right like they're supposed to be unique but when you have the tokens unique but when you're having the token associated with something off the chain it's kind of like it doesn't what that off the chain asset is doesn't have to be non fungible anymore, right? Yeah. So it's kind of I don't know. No, even that, even even that, you can it's still an image, but you can have probably uh, image just image, right? You can still just tokenize it such that you have different hash tables, hash numbers, or something. So even a, exactly the same image is unique in a way such that its hash is unique, right? Yeah, but most I pretty much all these most of these NFTs aren't storing, putting the image into the hash, right? They're usually like a link to an off, like an image hosted somewhere or something. Like they're not putting the images data into the blockchain. Um, I think there are some that are like very small, like, you know, like 16 by 16 pixel width images they put like literally on the blockchain. But I believe most of the NFTs aren't that. Oh yeah, and it's uh, like CryptoPunk, yeah, right. They generate it in such a way. They actually automatically generate it in a way that is unique. You know, yeah. So, but yeah. So my question, <laughs> yeah, my question is, uh, why is Pepe in the frog? I thought it's Peep in the frog. Anyway, is it Peep? I, I don't know. I don't know. The first I, I never talk about this in real life, right? It's just something you read on like online yeah. articles and stuff, right? So it's one of those things. Yeah, I just kind of assume. I think everyone assumes they pronounce it the way they read it first. So why is it, is it why is it controversial? And that's what I'm saying. I, I oh. know it's like associated with the far right, but I don't yeah, know why. It, it wasn't association. Like it was just a meme, but then it mm. became a meme that was popular with the alt right. You know, borderline. What was the meme in the beginning? What was the meme? I think the first one was just like sad. Like it was just a picture of him being sad, so people would like throw it up, like be like something depressing happened in my life, and then the picture of the sad. Uh, frog, Pink, Pepe frog, uh, but you know, yeah. So I'm not, I don't uh, really care about the political controversialness. I just think it's fu- it's pretty funny that someone had their non fungible token, have a bunch of copies released, and then is suing so, over. Yeah. So this person essentially owns like JPEG one of the meme. I guess and that's then, the way to put it. Yeah, these people like and these other people own, you know, two through ten or whatever. It's the same image. Ninety nine. Like, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, well, that's one thing about NFTs. It depends how it was constructed. The contract was constructed. Mm-hmm. So if you look and I bought a uh bore ape a yacht club, you guys heard about it, right? He's selling like millions of dollars, right? One bought eight. I think uh, even uh, Jimmy Fallon bought one, right? And all the celebrities they bought in too. And for those, actually, you you got a token, you got an image, right? In the bought eight, you actually got all the rights to it. You got all the uh, 
what do you call it? Copyright. Oh, copyright. You got on IP. No, a lot of times IP are not associated, right? Like I think crypto, crypto punk, you, you, you have no image. Now you bought a token, you've got an image, but you actually don't have an IP, right? And that means you cannot go sell the image of it, basically. But Bored Ape Yacht Club, you, you actually can do it. Now, a lot of people like, have owners on the Bored Ape. You, they, can, they actually put an image on sneakers and all this stuff. They can sell it, put it in a coffee mug. Like you got an IP associated with it. But not a lot of, not, I guess not all NFT are made equal, right? Because it depends on how the country is. Nice. But this one sounds like in the country originally, like this person bought like five, $500 million. But 500,000. <laughs> 500,000. Well, 500,000, sorry. And then, but he, there's no, he did not, there's no IP associated with it, right? So there's no, yeah. so there's, he just bought that image. But, you know, the owner of the original Pepe, who is the creator, can still do a lot of stuff with it, right? So, mm-hmm. so I, I think he's, uh, I think the, the country was written in a way, and I don't think the case is going to be, he's going to win. Probably <laughs> but it does, yeah, so it's, it's kind of funny, right? <laughs> but it does, someone did mention, I saw a comment, it was like, imagine trying to explain to like a 60-year-old judge how <laughs> NFTs and the blockchain works. And like, you know, so there's, there's an element of randomness because the judge and any pos I don't think this would be a jury case, but hmm. like the legal es- experts are going to have no f- idea of what's going on technologically. Because even the people who like study this struggle sometimes. Mm. Um, so there's always randomness that they just interpret it weird and then just rule on it, right? Mm. Make a crazy ruling. Who knows? Yeah. Well, unless, unless they hire King Kardashian as a lawyer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's something that would be, that would make this case more interesting for sure. Yeah. You know, she, 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 she got her lawyer degree, right? I did not. Oh, you did not. So actually, uh, even though a lot of people are like, shitting on Kim Kardashian, how like how she like a celebrity, but not really have no talent. But actually, I mean, people he really she she worked really hard, and I she woke up like I don't know four five like five six a.m. You know. But anyway, she eventually got a <laughs> lawyer degree. So I, I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> All right, I didn't know you're a Kim Kardashian stan. No, I just like how. I'm looking at business, right? I mean, for someone that make into like the King Kardashian and like, the family, the Kardashian show, make into a, such a business empire, like this. I mean, not everybody can do it, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. All right. You had another topic you wanted to bring up? Oh, yeah. Talking about, I guess, talking about NFTs and stuff, I realized recently, like, not recently, but I had heard like, a lot of people, like, when they try to find like the new coins and stuff, they would go like, just like go on Reddit every single day and see what people are talking about and go in Discord servers and hear what people are talking about. But these these two are on a platform that I don't really understand. I don't use it that often. So or since you are use Reddit a lot, I guess what I want to explain, I, I, I just curious, like, do you think, why do you think like Reddit is such a, a platform that a lot of people like crypto people like go in there and talk about stuff and then find new coins and stuff like that? Uh, even dis- do you use Discord and all? Oh, really? One thing yeah. about Discord is so confusing. I I try to use it. I was like, oh, this is kind of confusing. Why do you use server? You can create a server anyway. So let's start with Reddit first. Okay. So I mean, are you familiar with like the old school forums that are on internet still? Like people post a topic and people post comments and stuff. Mm, not really, but I I I have come across them once in a while. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was gonna say Reddit's just like the new version of like an internet forum. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it's just like a really big one. Mm. And I guess, I guess what makes Reddit different than most social, I mean, it's essentially social media, but there's yeah. a few differences is one that it's generally anonymous. Mm. Um, oh. content is, it's, it's grouped around categories, not people, right? Like, mm. so it's, it's not like your YouTube channel. Um, it's about like, there's a subreddit, which is like, you know, a place for some topic. And anyone can post things and you can see who posts, right? But generally the content is largely anonymous, even not even accounts are anonymous. Um, unless you try to link it to your real self, but even when you like see content, it's not obvious who posted like a link or a video or something. So it's kind of like a content first social media website, which, Mm. and it's, and you know, it's got like, it's got like a discussion, which every social media has comments, I guess, but they have like the upvote downvote system to show like who shows determines like what's shown more, which I guess is also common now, but like, it's pretty good for discussions. I think that's mm-hmm. probably the, the two big differences is like focusing on content over like people and more discussion friendly. So mm-hmm. this naturally makes it good for what at least smaller like kind of subculture stuff right like if you have some mm. weird thing which let's say nfts i guess they kind of blew up but yeah. like before they were smaller right like so you could have a subreddit about it and people like sharing what they found and mm-hmm. of course you know if you sh- think you have a good nft and you bought something you want to share that with other people right because yeah. if they buy it yeah. price goes up but... pump and dump yeah that's right pumping it yeah so uh so that's my explanation of reddit okay what channel do you, I mean, like, what topics do you, how do you use it, basically? Um, I mean, I just, I use the, so there's an all page, which is like not any specific subreddit, but just looks at everything. And I like to just check that out because you never know when you see something from like some random subreddit that is, uh, mm. you know, interesting or funny or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I have like subreddits on stuff I care about. Like, you know, there's a couple of political ones I look at. If I'm playing a video game a lot, I'll like look at that subreddit often. I think that's actually how I got started is the StarCraft subreddit. It's like mm. 10 plus years ago when I was playing StarCraft 2. I started uh. seeing people like link to this, this Reddit on it. Uh. And at first I'm like, this website's so ugly. But once you get used to it, you're like, oh, this is so much better because like it could just shows you a lot more info, like yeah. stuff at once rather than like, you know, the Instagram style, like one big story that you scroll down that's more popular. Mm. So on a politics topics or channels do you call the channels or topics subreddits oh subreddits so what what on a po- uh, politics sub channel political sub there's a subreddit for every political philosophy sorry for what what do you follow specifically? that's too personal all right We're oh really sure got, yeah <laughs> why i got like my reddit account is personal and anonymous oh really never, you'll <laughs> never find it out <laughs> no i'm just saying that what pro- poli- political nice subreddit you follow give me an example I, of one i mean the a, biggest one nice. is just politics there's one that's literally just r slash politics it's u.s politics focused okay. give me one that's, like, that's not like uh all right besides one right <laughs> that's not all right yeah besides all right. i know you follow all right so <laughs> <laughs> i do occasionally go i'm not I don't subscribe to it or anything. I do occasionally stop by the conservative one though, just to see oh, really? like okay. what it's on it. Which one do you recommend to... me to check out? Uh, conservative. See. I like, mean, yeah. If, if you want to see the general right wing, I guess conservative. There was one I think just got quarantined. So quarantined is where if you go to it, it gives you a warning that's like um, that like it's basically filled with bullshit and misinformation. Uh, there's one called like Jin Zedong. 
which is basically mm-hmm. like Gen Zers who like supported support like the Mao communist like <laughs> stuff and it's it's a really weird place but they they slowly over time they banned the the most extreme subreddits that get a oh, little too crazy so interesting, interesting but yeah okay all right so, you, so i think i pretty much understand john oh, to be fair gen zero is a pretty good a uh, pretty good creating name <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I can give him that but <laughs> uh, one thing uh so i guess uh, so i kind of i use reddit a little bit i, I think i understand it quite uh, better than, but one thing I don't really knew to me is the Discord server, like Discord, right? So Discord is more about communities over mm-hmm. like topics or categories. So like, yeah, generally yeah. the way Discord works is you have a server, which is like, I think the origin of it really came from like gaming guilds or clans and games would mm-hmm. have like a Discord server. Cause this before Discord games would usually have some sort of voice service where like a guild or a clan would join their voice, mm. their VoIP, whatever it was. There's old ones like TeamSpeak and things. Um, but so you have a server, but within the server, you can have different to- like channels of voice. So people can have like different groups talking about different things. And mm. they also have channels that are just like text like a stream of text. So when you make a comment, the next comment comes up and it just flows. But Discord is very community focused. So like you have a mm. Discord server is for some sort of community. These days, like a video game clan, a YouTuber or Twitch streamer will have their own Discord that there's like their community of followers. Mm. You no. Know, theoretically, a business could have a Discord. I actually think it's better than Slack in a lot of ways. Mm. But, yeah. um, but it's usually, it's much more kind of Discord's clearly for like you know internet use right like stuff that's mm. very online not for it's not designed for professional use but what do you use Discord for i don't use it a lot but usually just if i'm like there's like some people i know who will just will like play games and stuff there's some uh. who are just like online friends that i met in games and then sometimes real life friends i'll will get on discord too mm. to chat and do stuff Got you. So which, we could host which, this meeting nope, in discord which... instead of zoom actually <laughs> oh maybe we could do that in the future well, so what, what community are you in? Discord? Yeah. Like none. Uh, but okay. like, uh, like there's just one server that some friends set up and like, gotcha. that's pretty much it. Yeah. And know. the reason, yeah. And the reason, like, when we talk about NFT and then we talk about Discord, it's like a lot of like NFT stuff are actually happening in like crypto stuff happening in Discord. And I was like, why? I've heard why? of that. There's like yeah. a Discord server. Like if you make a new token or coin or whatever, you make yeah. a Discord server for it, right? Yeah. Yeah, which kind of makes sense because the like, DAO is very much like when, when you're talking about decentralized uh, uh, organizations, uh, right? Uh, autonomous organizations, they always talk, they always create. They, I mean, the whole DAO is about community, right? Community focus. Decentralization is all about community doing stuff, right? So, okay, now that makes sense to me now. I, I, I wasn't, I didn't know that, you know, uh, Discord was actually, you know, the goal is actually community focused. So it's kind of not a perfect fit for like, DAO and NFT stuff, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, crypto stuff, yeah. It's like first and foremost, it's just like a voice chat service, but it's mm. it's done a lot to like evolve past that. But yeah, I think it's pretty good. I don't use it a lot, but okay. So the other question is, so they might both of these companies actually one of the reason I want to bring out because both of these companies gonna go IPO in this uh, year potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Sure, sure. We invest. Sure, I invest. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, Discord, I'm, I don't know. Mm. I don't know how they pull money. Yeah. Reddit, I would be hesitant. So, there's Why? two sides to Reddit. 
So on yeah. one side, it's extremely popular. Like it gets like a yeah. ton of people use it. Yeah. Um, so it's art like, so if you have like a major website that gets a lot of views, you know, it seems like on the surface, you're like, that sounds good. But Reddit, as someone who's used it for a long time, has historically had an issue with getting funding, like being net positive income. Cause there are a few ads and they do like, you can pay to like give awards to comments or posts. So like little money. Mm. So you can give like a gold or a platinum or something. But I don't know. It just seems like Reddit doesn't pull that much revenue mm. and it's been traded. Like I think the ownership's changed hands a few times because people yes. like own it for a while and then they'll be like, well, this isn't really making any money. So mm. like we don't really want it anymore. Yeah. But there, but it's hard because like it has. I don't know. It, maybe it just needs the right way to monetize it because it's yeah. got like the people going to it infused, which is like the first thing you want, right? Like if you mm-hmm. don't have people using it, you're hopeless. But I feel like it has good NLP possibilities. <laughs> what? Like I natural feel like it language, has natural processing. language processing, just to like harvest the data. Yeah, I mean, I don't. You know. don't have to own it to harvest the data, right? You can just have to scrape it. Like it's all, and it's not like That's Pinterest true. or shit, where like if you don't have an account you can't like see that much like you can just do every like you can't make content like submit something or comment but you can see everything you know just anonymous not logged in no i guess yeah that's i guess scraping is fair yeah Uh, and i guess most of the accounts are as you say pretty anonymous so it's not like you have user data to work with so yeah it could be pretty hard to monetize well, it beyond what anyone can so do. what can you just put an ads on reddit like like when you go to the front page you know you have ad and then people just see it right away they have a few yeah i think i don't know maybe i guess their ads just like maybe it's just the way the website is like ads aren't as effective or they can't you mm. know justify the price mm. i don't know i feel like so, i mean if I feel like if you have an ad, sometimes they can be very easily targeted, right? Because if you have topics, right? Yeah. Just not, like, you know, you know what people are interested in. Just put put it whatever ads can they are more targeted, right? That does make sense to me. Like, oh, you go into the fitness subreddit and yeah. everyone who's trying to sell like yeah. exercise programs or nutritional shakes and shit, you know, add there. So that makes sense. But like I said, I don't know why. I just know that apparently they've had trouble getting into the black, so to speak. Hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Same thing to I'm, Twitter, right? Twitter has similar issue. We are monetizing it too. So. Oh, like it's used a ton, but like yeah. getting it to actually make money is yeah, tricky. Yeah. Yeah. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Probably same same thing. Same thing to Discord. To all these social media stuff, it's very hard to monetize it. So this is gonna really uh, reveal my Discord ignorance, but I'm not sure. Like, does Discord servers? Do people host those on their own computers or just Discord? Because like Reddit and Discord, Twitter have, I think have Dis- their own servers, right? To oh, run really? Everything. Really? Yeah. Like Reddit doesn't, you don't run that on your computer, right? They host the servers. No, you, oh, you mean you don't run it on your own computer? But you don't. But yeah, Discord, Reddit. Reddit, you don't. But Discord, yeah. people, when they make their own server, is that literal? Like they run a no, server on their I, computer? I don't think so. You just, I think, I think it's mostly running on Discord servers too. They just call it server. That's why server confused me. Why do they call it servers? Because anybody can just go on and create a server. Okay. Because I don't well, create, it can, yeah. Because like it evolved from older voice applications where you literally hosted your own server, right? So uh, like, so I, I think I that's why the name at least aligns. I didn't know if they had changed that. Like, no, no, I don't think you need though. to do that. Yeah, no, mm. no, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Mm. 
so then i mean then discord's arguably hosting even more data right like yeah i guess voice isn't that expensive but yeah community yeah so i mean i think they sometimes they, in the future they just need to like for example someone create a server of community you just need to pay whoever created it right like share revenue a little bit you know yeah mm. i don't know anyway so that's that's cool so anyway so that's a uh, good to know so i can make my decisions when they are ipo in the so <laughs> if they have a if they you know, just be cautious about how they talk about monetization, right? I guess that's the big question. Like, can they do it well? Yeah. All right. We are on to the main topic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Inflation. What do you guys think it is and what causes it? We'll just start with that. It's when the government prints too much money. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I guess. I mean, it's all about, it's all about debt, right? Now you have too much debt and. Like same thing. Like people come, uh, interest rate zero, so people keep borrowing money. You know, and they have a lot of money to spend. So you know, and once you have a lot of money, you know, you uh, that means people can buy more stuff. When you see you buy more stuff, demand increase, but supply kind of remain the same. So of course, supply is gonna, you know, price gonna be. If you have more people want the same thing, and people have more money, of course the the same surprise, no surprise, are we going to naturally go up, right? So I think Shu really hit on it there. So yeah, just kind of background, like inflation is defined as like the change in prices, basically mm-hmm. measured by, you know, they take like a collection of normal goods that people have to buy and looking at how that price changes over time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it really comes down to, you know, based on what I was reading and watching, it comes down to, you know, Supply versus demand or aggregate supply versus aggregate demand, right? So, cause those determine prices. Like in a market economy, the main thing determining price is supply and demand. So, you know, prices going up, the implication is those have changed in some way. Um, and there's a lot of people who basically, as Mike did, kind of like point to some, you know, inflation as just government printing money. Um, but it's not that simple. That's like, it can happen, obviously, right? If you print too much money, you're going to cause Just to be inflation. clear, that was a joke. Okay. <laughs> there are people who say it not jokingly, right? Yeah, yeah, Like, are basically like, the government should never print money. Right. Um, which is dumb because the pro- increase in, like, we're, we're increasing supply, right? Over time, we've continued to increase production. So our supply increases. So if we don't print at least some money to meet that, we'll have deflation. You know, mm-hmm. and theoretically, if you, balance it perfectly you'll have inflation mm-hmm. or sorry you'll have no inflation or deflation whatsoever shoes now cut off yeah we'll right. just keep going no, i'm still here i'm still here okay okay uh, so yeah so so you can kind of break it up into two categories um and there's a these categories contain and i guess recently with covid i think there's kind of multiple factors that are kind of causing inflation which is why we see a lot of it but mm-hmm. so one is called demand pull, which is like demand driven inflation, which includes printing money and like all mm-hmm. the stimulus stuff. Right. Right. So obviously we had a lot of um, stimulus payments to help the economy during the COVID times, people out of work and stuff. And, you know, obviously printing money, letting people buy more stuff with more money when you haven't increased the supply at all is going to create inflation. There's also a certain amount of, people just save their money more, right? Because for a lot of people, 
there's kind of like two groups. There's like people who lost their jobs and they were like struggling, but there's also people who just like were locked down, but could do their work at home. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them just ended up spending less money because they weren't going out and doing things. Right. So then once kind of things open back up, they're like, Oh, now I want to go out, you know, go to restaurants and movies again, go travel again, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's been this like, you know, kind of bulk uh, increase in the, or like a sudden surge of demand relative to the COVID lockdowns. Right. Um, there's also the hot labor market. So we got like a pretty tight, like we've all heard about, like there's been a tight labor markets causing uh, wages to increase, particularly like kind of like bottom level wages of like laborers and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like 15, like $15 an hour used to be like the gold minimum wage, but in most places now, like, that's what at least cities which you know not small town areas like that's like what you'd be paid anyway just because you're not going to get a mcdonald's employee paying 12 dollars an hour in a lot of places anymore right and i think a lot of people would agree this this tight labor market's good for a lot of reasons because generally it's good when the poorest in society get paid a little more but it's also causing demand-based inflation right because that's new wages that these people can now spend and Mm -hmm. it's interesting because the tight labor market implies the economy is close to producing the maximum amount of goods and services it can mm-hmm. because businesses are struggling to get more labor to produce more. So you both have people getting paid more, creating higher demand, and there's not a lot of more room to produce more, at least in these service-based economies. So, so it's, an, it's a tight labor market means like some people are not working. So they tight labor market means, no, it means there's not that much labor. It means there's a lot of businesses have um, trouble finding employees. So the unemployment's super low right now. We're like at like the lowest since like 40 plus years or something. Yeah, well, but why this happen suddenly though? Like, I feel like right before the pandemic, there's no shortage of labor, right? Well, unemployment was low before the pandemic. Um, and obviously it spiked really high during, you know, during the peak lockdowns and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think... So there's a few there's a few theories. I didn't go into this as much, but a, a few theories is one because of stimulus spending, like you know, government checks and higher unemployment. Some people are like, well, people are just deciding not to work. And if you aren't looking for a job, you're not counted as an unemployed. So unemployed is people who are trying to work but aren't. So there's the workforce participation is actually down. So I did see this stat. So workforce participation is lower than pre-COVID levels, which so less people are just working or trying to find a job. I mean, also a non-trivial amount of people died <laughs> and in more people, there's also a, a surge of people retiring early, I which see. is not your normal. Yeah. I don't think that's the biggest factor for things ah. like fast food workers, but there was a surge of people who were just like, I'm just going to go ahead and retire now. Well, cause you know why I keep trying to work through this craziness. So I think there's I a few it. factors that kind of have, uh, yeah, I see it now. Cause uh, I think one thing is like during the pandemic, all people like, you know, get similar chair and then they don't want to work anymore. But during that time, there's a cringe of like, uh, of labor shortage. So a lot of people try to, so a lot of companies are raising their money to raise their salary. And now everybody came back and then they, then you cannot lower salary anymore, right? So the, the salary is going to stay the same. So a lot of people are now coming back. We are getting the same salary. Yeah. So that's why a lot of people are being, getting paid more now. And mm-hmm. that way, they have more spending power. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, What's that's no, called, what, that's like a sticky price is what that's referred yeah. to. Like, wages don't go down, really. Yeah, you can't take it away. <laughs> just because people don't accept it. They're just like, 
fuck no. Yeah. But okay. what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, what's the first one before next one, labor shortage? Oh, before this was just uh, stimulus spending and people okay. saving money during lockdown. So these are, like saving I said, money, yeah. demand pull in economics, yeah. economics terms, demand pull. So things that increase the demand because people have more money. Mm. And then the other side is the supply push. Yeah. So inflation cried by supply because <clears throat> just like creating more money or people having more money increasing demand, if your supply goes down, that's going to increase the price, which yeah. increases inflation. So, you know, there, we still have lingering supply chain issues, right? So yeah. during COVID, the supply chain had a bunch of problems. Production went down. And I think that's, um, you know, spoiler alert, that's probably a bigger factor of the inflation. You mean a Unlike, supply chain issue? Yeah. Yeah. If you look at the CPI, the consumer price index, and like how they measured, um, you know, which items really like are driving inflation, one of the biggest is used cars. Used cars are like had a huge jump. And yeah. that was like a decently, like a reasonable weight. Um, so that's been like a big cause of it, right? Yeah. Another one recently is energy, which, uh, you know, Russia is not helping with that, but rising energy costs, costs mm-hmm. also create, you know, this sort of supply side inflation because rising energy costs increase the price of everything, right? Like mm-hmm. to produce or transport anything pretty much. Um, including the people who do the services that you want, even if it's your dude talking about a service, not a good, it, mm. you know, that increases the prices. This one could be a problem because this one might stick around longer. Um, Energy? Yeah. So mm. businesses are, people are going to fix the supply chain bottlenecks, right? Like people are working to build more shipping containers, more factories, more chip plants and stuff, right? That's going to be resolved eventually because businesses are going to be like, well, there's money to be made if we produce more. But energy is a tricky thing. Uh, I mean, not just for political reasons, but also because in general, a decent chunk of the world wants to address climate change. And you can't address climate change by making oil and gas cheap and you mm-hmm. know easily available, right? Like that doesn't, mm-hmm. uh, that directly is counterproductive if you want to get the people, get the world off of fossil fuels. So this might be something that sticks around more. Mm-hmm. But now, so those are what I would say the two main traditional ideas you know the supply supply push and demand pull what's the current inflation rate right now seven percent i heard seven percent year over year so that's like what they'll say is what they'll throw out is like oh for february inflation was seven point something percent and some Mm -hmm. people misinterpret that as things inflated seven percent in february but what Mm -hmm. that is is if the february rate was continued for a year so for 12 months of it you would have seen a seven point something increase yeah damn that's a lot What's the historical inflation rate? Before, well, before normal. The, the normal, what, what most central banks aim for is 2%. And okay. actually for a while, we had been, I think, undershooting that by a little bit. Hmm. Um, so 2% is a good, uh, like a little bit of inflation, but not a lot. Like it's not hmm. so much healthy. that people, yeah, hmm. a healthy amount. So it's not so much that people are like, oh, my like wealth and income is being undermined constantly. But a little bit of inflation is good because... You want people to use and invest money, not just sit on it, right? Mm. That's better for the economy where, you know, for the same reason, deflation being the extreme is bad because if just hoarding money makes you more money because deflation increases its value, that's not good for the economy, right? Mm. So you can think of inflation as, well, people often talk about like rich people like hoarding wealth, but most of that wealth is in things like stocks and stuff, right? And the reason it's in stocks 
like investments in companies and things, not just sitting in a bank account is because of inflation, right? They want to try to yeah. beat inflation. So they use it. And in general, it's good when they invest money into companies and things. It's better for the economy and the country as a whole. So anyway, so those kind of the supply push, demand pull, those are like the kind of two main traditional ways, supply and demand, creating inflation. There's a couple other things I wanted to bring up, though. One is I think lately you might have seen Bernie Sanders or even some other politicians talking about like corporate greed because mm. we've had inflation. Some companies have been also having like really high profits, yes. um, which isn't surprising because prices have gone up, right? So if yeah. you can sell, you know, some amount of stuff for more, a higher price, that's, um, you know, going to make you more money. So it's funny because I've seen people literally say like, oh, inflation is just corporate greed. They're mm. just like, you know, profiteering to like charge more, which I think is very silly because it would imply that before we were having high inflation, corporations were just feeling, you know, benevolent and mm. were charging lower than they could have out of the goodness of their hearts, which yeah. I think we everyone would recognize is obviously ridiculous. Corporations are going to charge as much as they can whenever they can to make as much profit as they can. Almost always. There's a few exceptions. But. Yeah, and it's a uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, right? Warren also tweeted something about that too. And I don't know, it's just just seeing them talk more and more on Twitter and on Instagram, I just feel like, oh, damn. I, like, I used to like them. Now it's like, damn, <laughs> are these guys really dumb? Well, I just, just less like them less and less based on what they say, right? Uh-huh. I know. So like, you know, Elizabeth Warren, I wonder if she believes it and or if she's just like, this is easy political points, right? Mm -hmm. Just because it riles people up, right? Oh, like inflation's cutting into like, you know, inflation's hurting my bank account and you made profit. Like, why couldn't have you just made less profit and charged less money, right? Yeah, also but, I think she was a, like, well, Harvard professor in economics or something. So I assume Elizabeth Warren knows better and this is a political play. Because okay. it sounds good, right? If you don't think about it. But yeah. like, even if you're not an economist, Again, if you just think about this would imply that previous to a few years ago, corporations were willingly giving up money mm. to help people. It's absurd, right? No yeah. one, no one believes that. Um, no one thinks corporations are like wherever, like just a few years ago, we're trying to help people out at the ex their own expense. Yeah. So clearly inflation is caused by like, you know, market factors, which to change the prices and corporations just charge the price they can, right? Yeah. Um, so this is kind of, it's something that's been set around, but it's a little bit ridiculous, but there's one other thing. I don't know if this is like proven, but it's something that's come up. It's called demand shift inflation. Mm. So the idea is with the COVID lockdowns, a lot of people shifted from spending money on services to goods. Mm. So, you know, going out less, getting, you know, not having a waiter serve you at a restaurant or doing yeah. things out, but a lot of people started buying things with the money they had because they were accumulating it. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the thing. Goods, the price of goods can change faster, right? Yeah. Like it's not like things on Amazon and shit change their price all the time. Companies have sales that like, come and go. So we're kind of used to that. But as you mentioned earlier, wages are sticky. Mm. Wages don't come down very easily at all, if ever. And services, most service things jobs like a big part if not the majority of their costs are the wages so mm -hmm. you have some service cost the wages can't really go down so they can't lower their prices that much but the price of goods that are short in short supply because we can't get enough ship from china or whatever can spike up mm -hmm. uh, so basically because of this 
you know, asymmetry between how people shifted their money, you see a, you know, this inflation because the price of goods went up higher than the price of services went down. Hmm. But in the end, I mean, it's an interesting thought and I think there's some truth to it, but in the end, yeah, you know, it, it's, I think it's still more of the same, right? Supply and yeah. demand being the big thing. And I was looking at some of the data and basically consumption is actually not really gone. So if you look at consumption over the last few years, right? Like the US was trending up as it has mm-hmm. been. And then there's like this big dip from COVID. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of come back. It looks like to the exact same trend. Okay. Europe is even like still a little lower than what it should have been. So mm-hmm. what it, the data suggests is consumption is actually not that much higher. So mm-hmm. the fact the government stimulating and uh, money, the government giving out stimulus checks, printing money is probably not as big of a factor as the production. Oh, because people are not really buying stuff as as we thought they yeah, are. Yeah, they're buying yeah. stuff. Like in the US, they're buying more or less as more as much as we would have expected if nothing happened, is gotcha. what the data looks like. Mm. But our production is still down. So uh, it really demand, points to that. Uh, supplies now, basically. Yeah. yeah. So the supply chain is probably the biggest factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, some of that production, you could argue, well, some of the reason we have the same demand with lower production is because people are given checks instead of having to go to work. Mm. But, um, you know, it, it looks like probably the supply chain is the biggest thing. And if I mean, also, I mean, supply chain is down, but if you're going to raise salary of people, like the the cost need to go somewhere, right? So the easiest thing they can do is raise price, right? So I mean, maybe net combined with supply shortage, they get seven percent. Yeah, yeah. So that would suggest it's temporary, though. If if the bulk Mm. of it and these other effects, I don't think they're non like they don't have anything to do with it, right? Like Mm. I think it's a in a complex thing like an economy, there's going to be a bunch of factors that influence. But if the bulk of it's from just the supply chain issues and maybe like the tumbling effects from that, um, then it's probably going to resolve when supply chain stuff resolves, which I think most people expect within a year or two for that to be largely a thing of the past. Cause there is a debate there. There are some people who think the inflation's like is going to be like a longer term, a real issue, but yep. you know, we're, we're actually starting to raise interest rates again for like the first time in forever. So I'm kind of, I don't know. I mean, I'm by no means an expert, but, Looking at it, I feel like the people say, like, it's bad right now, but it's going to be fixed, right? The weirdness of COVID is going to kind of become further in the past. Interest rates are going to go up. Supply chain issues are going to be fixed. I think a lot of the things point to probably we'll get through the inflation period. We'll have this spike of inflation, but it's going to go back to normal levels pretty, you know, relatively soon. All right. So before you get, you know, hopeful about the future of night, uh, short term. <laughs> Inflation. inflation. It can yeah. just be cope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here is something that from our modern day Benjamin Franklin, Charlie Munger. Okay. He said this a couple months ago, I think, in February. Uh, inflation is a very serious subject. You could argue it is the way democracies die. Interesting. Uh, that seems excessive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm trying to, I mean, is there any historical examples? Have democracies exactly. yes, died from did. inflation? He, he basically, he, he cited example from Roman Republic to Adolf Hitler, basically, to Latin America. Now, a lot of Latin America, right, got a lot of inflations. And also, like, even the Greek, back in the day, Greek states and Roman Empire, right, eventually, basically right before, like, it, it's like, 
it was after years on inflation, like then eventually the whole Roman, the basically Roman Empire, like collapsed basically. Yeah, there's a lot of historians and he he talk about it. Yeah. So I've I know that there are like lots of Latin American countries that had big inflation problems. Does that like kill their democracy or just ruin their economy? <laughs> of course, just look at uh, I guess uh, Venezuela's or uh, I don't know all the other countries, right? Yeah. Also, I feel like I've heard I've heard so many reasons that the Roman Republic fell. I feel like every every single like political view is like positions like this is why the Roman Empire fell because they didn't do what I'm saying is. So that's why in the but next that's book, a different issue. That's why in the next book we're gonna talk about in the future topic. I think you might be the one good person to read it instead of me. Is the the one I posted is called I think uh, Ray Dalio's new book, right? You remember I posted it on. I think so. Yeah. Uh, what was it called? It was something like Why Nations Fail, right? But it wasn't that. Yeah, it's called The, world, the Changing World Order, Why Nations Succeed and Fail. In, in that book, he actually talked about, uh, one of the main things he talked about is the debt cycles. And then the inflation is one of the big things that he talked about. So I think we might have a better understanding of the cause of that, like everything like he found that book. So maybe you should you should read it. I can read it too. Then maybe uh, we can talk about it in more detail. I think it's a very pretty dense book too. So I think uh, anyway, so yeah, yeah anyway. Well, so mean, so why, that, one thing that you in that book talk about is inflation. I think that so Charlie Munger is very kind of similar too. So yeah. Yeah. No, like, and I, I mean, you brought this up earlier because you were like inflation is because of debt. And I mean, that can be a part of it, right? Because mm. debt can increase demand. Um, exactly. But when we raise interest rates, we discourage debt. So, like, that's you know, yes. kind of the the knob yeah, that what, we have as an yes. economy to help keep that under control. That's why the that's why the the stock part stock price that went up, like the stock market went up after like uh, the Fed uh, announced that they're gonna increase uh, interest rate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But an interesting example, so kind of going back on I guess kind of reiterating like some people kind of just try to tie inflation more like more or less exclusively to printing money or the increase in the supply of money mm-hmm. but like Japan's a kind of an interesting exception exactly. in that they had their money supply increase a lot mm-hmm. and they had some inflation but like it wasn't 24 percent that was a like, peak oh what in Japan yes I look like, at it like, in the 70s like 70 that's why is the Japanese, uh, Japan is a, is, is a good example exception. Like, is, even though inflation is so bad, it did not, the, the country did not die, but it actually became, it's not became a superpower. It's not a superpower anymore, right? That's one reason, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I was looking at stuff that was a bit more recent and looking at like their increase in money supply versus their inflation over the last couple of decades. Okay. And it, like it just doesn't like correlate, right? Like mm-hmm. inflation has gone up and down at different times, not any relationship seemingly with a fairly large increase in money supply. Gotcha. So, you know, like it's obviously printing money can do inflation, but like it's not necessarily the core or only reason. Oh yeah, I'm not talking about like yeah. the printing money is causing inflation, right? That's not what we, like Charlie Munger is talking about. Charlie Munger just talking about inflation, right? The, the, the symptom of inflation, just the inflation is how democracy, democracy dies, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, I was just going on a slightly different topic, but sorry. Yeah. Well, is Japan's population 
isn't didn't hasn't their population also been falling pretty considerably during that time? So you don't have like any of the demand pull, maybe or like a much productivity. Uh, That's true. Yeah. That's true. So yeah, you're right. Japan's population's falling. Um, so you could argue that demand is falling as well. Mm. Gotcha. Different demand, maybe. Yeah, well, a different part of the demand, yeah, because I guess if they had, like, there was more money, but fewer people than, like, yeah. Well, that's why they have all these companies that starting, like, you can hire a grandson or grandchildren to, you know, grandsons for hire, (laughs) relatives for hire, basically, those those demands, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, another quote from Charlie Munger is, similarly, he, he also is saying that, so in the current situation, like right now, the inflation is the biggest long, long-range danger we have, as meaning we United States, hmm. apart from nuclear war. <laughs> He's very concerned about inflation. Yes, he is. Well, I, I mean, the only concern I have, I guess, is like I agree with you, Matt, that like the supply chain issues will probably be fixed in, like, in every aspect aside from, as you also said, energy. Like, because I mean, energy influences like everything, right? So, so it's like if that isn't sort of corrected, like I mean, it is—it's a non-trivial problem right now. Yeah, so, and like once we, it's interesting because if we like once we got over the hump to like renewable energy, it'd probably be mm-hmm. cheaper, um, and more consistent, so it'd be good. But like, there's this hump right of like how do we get there you know it's unlikely to be able to get there without any you know impact on society right like price there's going to be a cost which is going to come out to prices for your regular things right right we're trying to transition energy so going back to the main topic about inflation sounds like you say the main cause is the supply chain issue right so something the data you have been saying like the demand remains steady from previous and the main thing is the supply chain issue right the supply is down yeah yeah if demand has returned to similar values as pre-pandemic but production has has not you know that would suggest that i mean in the end you're still having demands exceeds supply which is causing price increases but you know trying to figure out which is causing the biggest part of that uh lopsidedness so what's the main issue of supply chain right now well i think issue and causes there's a the ones I've seen are some factories and like you know other countries that produce stuff we want. Um, you know some of these have had time periods where they're shut down because of their own COVID outbreaks. There's all the shipping stuff, right? Like people were running out of shipping containers. People are having ports on like the West Coast and stuff backed up for a long time, things like that. So I think you know really just more more factories pumping stuff out and more shipping to actually bring the stuff over is what you mm. need to fix it but okay okay got you and so remember like and also factory being shut down especially in china i guess yeah and remember i mean our population is still growing right so it's not like we will solve it by returning to 2020 levels of importing goods right like we actually need to increase how much stuff we import and produce internally to you know keep up with the growing population mm-hmm but I didn't look into that as much. But, you know, I mean... Supply chain? Yeah. Well, like, the causes of the supply chain issues specifically. But, yeah. like, 
we've all heard the stories of like container ships, like having to wait for like weeks off the coast because they just can't literally can't even like get in and get yeah. loaded, unloaded and stuff. So yeah, I'm thinking about that as a future topic too. I thought just talk about supply chain in general. Right. And then there's other stuff like is related to the shift in demand, right? But like the chip shortage, I think was not primarily due to, um, you know, factories shutting down, but just like a sudden increase in how many chips people want, right? Oh, like, why is that? Cause people, everyone was buying goods that needs them, right? Like how many people bought like a PlayStation or a Nintendo Switch or shit during the, you know, COVID lockdowns and stuff? Oh, okay. Like a ton of people, right? Mm. So I think. Part of that shift in expenditures from people going from services to goods make goods that, I mean, nowadays, so many things have like, even if they're not complicated chips, right? Like, it's not like you need a NVIDIA, you know, integrated GPU, but like, they just still need simple chips. Mm. But like, so much stuff that people buy now has that in it, that technology. Mm. Yeah. Another thing interesting is that why is the Taiwan, like TSMC is the only place that, one of the biggest places making chips, right? Why Taiwan instead of like, United, United States, not Intel or the other Silicon Valley in the big companies, right? Why, what happened? Like, what happened there? Like, <laughs> right? I don't know. Well, I mean, Taiwan made the, like, well, you talked about this. They made the big investment to try to get into those sort of sectors. And I guess it's just kind of, we just kind of let it happen, right? I mean, that's our, you know, if you look at from a capitalistic free market standpoint, it's arguably good to let countries specialize in certain things, right? It's more efficient than having everyone do everything. Yeah, what's that called again? Competitive something? Competitive advantage. advantage. Oh, yeah, man. Comparative, comparative compar- advantage yeah, might be okay. what you're thinking about. But yeah, but in the same way that we have people specialize in jobs individually, right? Like countries can specialize and there's advantages into that. Just like there's advantages in having like different businesses in one industry in the same city in the US, they gain advantages from having like a shared labor pool of people who know the technology in the business, it's the same thing over there. So Taiwan might already have like a lot of expertise, you know, there that makes it more difficult to start up. And like chip production is a super like high barrier to entry thing, right? Because it's extremely complicated. Mm -hmm. But yeah, still, I mean, American basically invented chips, right? So nice. Yeah. Well, we basically invented everything modern, right? So, yes. so this one I didn't read anywhere, but it's a personal theory of mine that's related to the chip shortage in particular, because I, I don't see it brought up. But overall, the wealth of the world is increased. Like we always focus on like the West, like in the U.S., we're like, oh, the U.S. and stuff, right? But like other countries, yeah. you know, things once we call third world and stuff, a lot of there's like a lot of people have left poverty in the last like two to three decades, like. Hundreds of millions, maybe even billions, have like, you know, been lifted from poverty. And so sure, you're saying they increase demand? Yeah, they're not necessarily living as well as Americans, but a lot of them have like smartphones, right? Yeah, and stuff like that. Chips. So if you're starting to, if you're now producing 500 million smartphones, that you know, now that an i, it's not just iPhones to wealthy people in the U.S. and Europe, but like everywhere, people have smartphones. That's a lot more chips to like yeah. make and uh. produce and send out, right? So that's just a growth in demand that I feel like people don't look at. And I don't know how much of a factor that is, but surely it has an effect, right? Mm, yeah. I think another thing is the, I think one thing about like comparative advantage, like capitalism idea is that I think that could be the one issue with capitalism because it make everything super efficient. When you have super efficient system and a world supply chain is like, 
really tight, right? There's no loose in there's no night lags, uh, slacks in there. So any any kind of disturbance will cause it to snap, basically. Yeah, right. Efficiency so, and robustness are like opposites, right? To make something mm. more robust to you know disturbances and issues, you inherently want to make things redundant, which is less efficient. Oh yeah, that's cool. I like it. Robust. I actually never heard of that before. Robust and efficiency are kind of the trade-off. Yeah. What did you learn there from? Where did I hear this from? It was talking about. Um, I heard this when control? people were talking about. <laughs> no, not control theory. It was people talking about. I think it was the Toyota. It was basically about this, like the sort of last. You know what? What is it called when the manufacturing like. Just in time, just in time manufacturing. Yeah, yeah. The people were talking about how like Toyota, I think it was, pioneered a lot of it, and it's mm-hmm. like, kind of spread. And that's where I first like kind of heard the idea. It's like, yeah, like this is good, but there's like the trade off. And supposedly, you know, the the thing I heard was like, oh, they're like Toyota does it right in the sense that for certain key items, they do keep a stockpile of them. Mm-hmm. So they they try to analyze where the risks are mm. and mitigate that with some. You know, backup safety redundancy. Um, so it's they're still trying to do just in time, but kind of in like a responsible or smart way. While a lot of other co- companies are just like, well, we'll just just in time everything, which maximizes your profit like today. Exactly. But like as you say, if anything goes wrong, then it becomes a much bigger problem. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, we identify an issue with capitalism. <laughs> I know it's tough. It doesn't work. <laughs> so this is, I mean. I'm not here to dunk on communists all day, but it's funny because they'll simultaneously be like capitalism is wasteful because you have too many people. Like they'll be like, look how many brands of deodorant you can buy. This is wasteful because it's redundant. And then they'll be like, when capitalism reduces redundancies to make it efficient, they'll be like, just in time manufacturing is like a disaster. Like capitalism <laughs> is just like going to cause all these problems. And it's like, well, do you want redundancy or not? Like this is not a, <laughs> capitalism issue it's just like a what level do we want right because redundancy Mm. does come at a cost and like costs are real right that means more redundancy means everyone pays more that means more economic impact for everything you're producing right Mm -hmm. not economic environmental impact is what i wanted to say so like those are real costs right it's not bad for companies to try to be more efficient but just like it's really good when companies trade with each other right and companies or countries trading each other having their own industries and that's great in an ideal everyone freely trades world but as soon as there's political unrest like russia and (laughs) gas coming your oil coming from russia right as soon as that happens then you're like now this is a problem yeah so there's a trade-off between countries wanting to maximize their economies now which is generally free trade but also be concerned with the fact that well what if bad actors intervene you know, maybe it's not even the country you're trading with becomes a problem, but someone else, you know, attacks them or does something, right? Yeah. And your your you know your destiny is now linked invariably to this other country, which makes a lot of you know countries nervous and they want to try to be self sufficient, right? Mm-hmm. But self sufficiency is less sufficient. Sounds good. All right. Anyway, this has gone off topic, but <laughs> that's good. He's related. All right. So I guess the main conclusion is. Inflation is temporary. Probably. It's cool. There <laughs> are people, there's people who are much more in the know than me that say no, but there's also. We'll see. People. We'll see. It's good to have a strong opinion right now. That's see right. That's right. I don't know. Inflation, you know, I don't think it's like at least, I don't know. I don't 
feel like I learned a crazy amount, but it's kind of getting a bit more into the details. Like, cause every, you know, everyone knows like, oh, you know, government gave a lot of stimulus checks, but mm. you know, is that really the biggest cause of inflation? Probably not. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I think I can see in this, I mean, cause uh, I was thinking, you know, if this economy is going, I'm not sure how long it's going to last. And then should I, and I put money into stock market right now. So if it's not temporary, that could help me making decision. Oh, maybe I can put like ten dollar into somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> or one dollar into somewhere. To be I fair, know. I would say temporary is like on the order of like a year or two, right? Not yeah. like it's going to end next month. But mm-hmm. yeah, cool. Yeah. Anything else you got? I don't. All right. That's all for me. That's a good conclusion. All right. A short episode today, but that's all right. Sure, and better. I mean, quality it, over quantity. Yeah. Inflation's not as good of a topic as K-pop, right? So you just can't talk about it as long. True, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> it's not sexy, sexy as K-pop. It's not as important to the world. So, <laughs> gotcha. But it's, oh. it's important to Charlie Munger. So that's, right. that's why we're talking about it. Oh, now I know to root for two percent inflation instead of seven percent. So. So that's 7%. Yes. I mean, did you not know that? That like 2% is like what all the central banks aim for? I actually, I actually did because back in the day I took, a, uh, in high school, I took a course on like basically how to manage money. Like my high school actually had that course. And when I was thinking about like what to put into my 401k in that class, I looked up like, oh, inflation is a thing. And, <laughs> and so I was like, how much money do I, like if I need you know, like whatever, 50 or $60,000 a year now to have, like maintain the same lifestyle I have. Like, you know, what do I need to like have in when I retire at 60 to maintain that lifestyle? Hmm. So, all right. Well, let's bring this about, about towards something we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. If 2% inflation is good, what does that say about cryptocurrencies, which are kind of fundamentally deflationary, right? Like what do you mean? Cryptocurrencies, I guess it depends on which one, because you can make them a lot of ways, but most are designed to grow in value over time, right? Yes. It's the intention. Mm. And that's and people want that because the people who invest in a cryptocurrency, they want their money to grow an in investment, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, if we're treating these as a currency and not as an investment, is that a problem? Hmm. It's a problem right now. And it's, I feel like maybe a lot of people like got rich off cryptocurrency. There's another, yeah. I, I guess, but I, I was going to say that like, maybe a lot of people have more, more money to spend, right? So, but maybe that's an issue. And that's why it's causing, that's kind of causing poly of the inflation. But from the data you mentioned earlier, and there's the consumption didn't really, is kind of normal, right? Didn't really go spike like really high. So, I guess net theory is wrong. Now, I, originally, I was thinking about that. Maybe a lot of people like, get rich off like, critical currency. So they just go spam buying all stuff, crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, remember though, cryptocurrency is like a, what is it? Like a, what's it called when like there's plus or minus is the term for when like things equal out over time. I'm blanking on it. Balance. Net zeros. Or, or net Balance. zero. Uh, Equilibrium? I don't know. So, People talk about wealth, zero sum. No, zero, zero sum. sum. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
cryptocurrency is a zero sum game in the sense that all the money people made came from someone else buying like the cryptocurrency later, right? And this isn't necessarily bad. I'm just saying cryptocurrency doesn't create wealth in this way. A new business producing something increases the wealth of society in general. Isn't it? It's just people exchanging money amongst themselves. So I don't think cryptocurrency would cause like a real meaningful shift in demand. I guess if anything, it would lower demand a little bit because the more values in Bitcoin, the more money is kind of caught up. No, because it's not even caught up in it. When Bitcoin has a high value, that means someone else was just given it from before. So I don't mm. think it would have an effect. Mm. Got you. Well, it needs, yeah, it needs, it depends if how the price of currency, like cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin is, is set, right? You're saying that is it because people bought in trade US dollar into that cryptocurrency. And that's why it caused the price to go up, right? Right. But in the beginning, like cryptocurrency just came out of thin air, right? Like just uh-huh. like it was value and what, like a dollar. And you say people buying a dollar and then some people buying a hundred dollars. Let's make it push it up, going up. Right. And it's your, is that assumption or is it like, do you think it's assumption or that's reality well, how it, the price goes up? I don't think it even, I feel like asking how the price, the price goes up from like supply and demand, right? Like if more people are trying to buy it than selling it, you're going to, the price is going to go up. Mm. But the thing is what I was pointing to is every dollar that went into buying crypto was Uh, given to someone else. And everyone who made a dollar off of crypto got it from someone else. Right. So it's like a zero sum exchange of money of us dollars as people exchange around their cryptocurrency. Uh, Okay. So there's probably not a real effect in terms of like demand change because of it. Got you, got you, got you. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, is, what's the point of a deflationary again? Like, do, do you, do we think is, uh, what's, what are our thoughts on a deflationary effect oh, right. of cryptocurrency? The original way I went this, you know, just taking the opportunity to take another shot at cryptocurrency <laughs> just for fun. Um, well, cryptocurrency is inherently deflationary, right? Like they're designed, as I said, to increase in value. So, mm. and that's what people want because they don't want to invest in a coin that will inflate and decrease in value. But I mean, if you take the name literally, it's supposed to be a currency. And generally, it's accepted that cur- it's bad when currencies are deflationary, right? We already talked about why inflation's good yeah. for currencies and why pretty much every country tries to target a small but, you know, non zero amount of inflation. So then I was just kind of circling back without a real point beyond that just asking like you know what are your thoughts like you know if cryptocurrency my, is supposed, supposed my, to be yeah, a currency is that a problem my thought is that crypto is like bitcoin is never really going to be a coin currency it's going to be a store of value basically yeah so yeah okay no. if it's <laughs> well, just an investment and not a currency in the first place it doesn't yeah. really matter mm-hmm. yeah and there are other currencies that actually you know like do produce you know like are planning on indefinitely producing more coins and stuff like that which you know so i guess people are more like oh if this is adopted as like you know an actual currency like an actual you know like accepted at stores or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, then that'll drive the value up for like the initial investors. But then it, at that point, it really is just a feasible, you know, a feasible currency. So well, Something that's why the use. Fed coin is coming out, right? The federal government is making the US, US <laughs> government, US coin. <laughs> I, I only saw the briefest like thing about, are they, I thought it was just like an idea someone said, not, they're not actually doing it, are they? No, I thought Biden is, 
did an executive order, right, or something like. Wasn't it just like maybe like look into it? Look into it, but I think it's coming out soon. I mean, China already have like China is already working on it, right? So I mean, it's good for you as a government to experiment, to control their own currency anyway. So it's like if you see in cryptocurrency a threat, right? It's the best defense is create your own currency so you can control it, right? Mm, you see how like people are just using a tether or like a uh, I mean, actually, a lot of people say Taylor is kind of a scam. But anyway, and there's a lot of like USDC, like US like stable coins. You know, you can use that like $1 to $1. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think, yeah, government is doing the right thing anyway. <laughs> All right. Yeah, because uh-huh. uh, actually, one, one, yeah, just last thing to mention, one one thing that I mentioned in uh, Ray Dalio's book, The Changing World Order, is about uh, global reserve currency. Right, U.S. is the global reserve currency right now, which is under threat from cryptocurrency. Right, so mm. the best way to defend it is create your <laughs> cryptocurrency. So that's true. We can go into more detail in the future, maybe. Yeah. All right, I'll have to. How much is that book? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I check it out from the library. I told you, check out Libby. Just download Libby. Get oh, library card. Yeah. And here's another plug for Levy, okay? Everybody should go download Levy and read the books. <laughs> the problem with uh, netbook is that uh, I was on a wait list for like 23 weeks, something like that. Because oh, everybody I mean, was reading it, borrowing it. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in it's, the library, right? So you do even a digital copy, you still need to wait in line. That's, it's funny because, I mean, that's only, like, it keeps the library system going. But, like, it's also, like, silly, right? It's just a totally self-imposed limit. It's nice. It's, it's about money, right? People want to make the. It's about the publisher, right? They need to make money somehow, so they just restrict it, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, go just just get a Libby library card, get a Libby, and then just read the book. So you don't need to pay for it. Do they do they do audiobooks or is it just? Oh yeah, PDFs? that's that's why I got it in the first place because it's free audiobooks. So okay, and it's a, okay. yeah, I I I was I'm listening to it right now in the book. But the actual like uh, Kindle version, I need to wait for it a little bit. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, you don't need to pay for anything. Well, this is good. I mean, I don't need to listen to it. This is what this podcast is all about. You can read something, <laughs> and you can explain it to me. So I say so probably fine. the topic is kind of kind of hard, you know. So I think you have a, you might have a better understanding. That's what I'm saying. Mm. You gotta push yourself, Shu, to grow. I am. I, I'm gonna read it too. I'm saying about to make a good conversation maybe instead of me just like talking shit you know you you can talk okay, about it too. Okay. Yeah. all right all right i can look into it yeah. well is it your are you talking next or do we want to like officially end this and then chat about stuff or we just want to do this on the podcast i mean you can keep going but we don't have mike can just cut it anytime anywhere Chill,